And I'm just so thankful to be here. It's, it's amazing how um, we, me and Ken were talking about this. To a lot of people, Christmas, they come like, they go to church on Christmas to get their Jesus fixed, right? They're, they're once in the, the year, or they're, they're twice in the year. And it's like, it really, I was like, it doesn't feel like we're doing anything different because every week we should be preaching this message that Jesus has come to give us life and he came to, to bring salvation for all humanity. And so today's not any different, but let's, let's, let's really like get into this, this Christmas spirit and really magnify this story, the good news, the story of Jesus. And so if you missed the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about good news and the, just the good news, the gospel, and really like wanting to like let the gospel have like the significance of Jesus coming to let it really weigh in, like hold a weight on us, right? And so last week we talked about that we've been given the keys to the kingdom. In Matthew 16, 19, it says, I give you the keys. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. I give you the keys to forbid on earth that which is forbidden in heaven or to bind on earth that which is bound in heaven and to loose on earth what is loosed in heaven. So this is good news. We talked about this last week. It's better than maybe you've gotten keys to a brand new pickup truck right? Maybe you've gotten keys to a brand new home, and that's exciting for you, and you're probably excited, and maybe even an answer prayer, but to have the keys to the kingdom, right? The authority, right? To declare God's will over the things on earth, right? Or to forbid, like, what is forbidden in heaven, which is disease, sickness, hurt, pain. These are things that we've been given keys to right to declare over and so that was awesome um the week before that we talked about how the god of the universe the one who created all things knows your name and he calls you by name each and every one of us like that's that's good news and so not only does he call you to by name but like when he as he calls you you're drafted on his team. You now have championship DNA, right? So now those keys we're talking about because as soon as you say yes to him, now the spirit of God lives in you and has given you the power to have that authority. So that's what we talked about about two weeks ago. Isaiah forty nine sixteen. if you want to know... Um, what his word says, he says, I've written your names on the back of my hands. The walls you're rebuilding are never out of my sight. Not only does he see you, but he watches over you as you build your life, as you do you, right? In Luke, it says, he knows even the number of hairs on your head. This is how much he cares about you. This is how much he pays attention to you, right? So, I mean, I know for some, that's not, a, that's not a tough thing, right, to know the hairs on your head, but it's, he does. He, care, he cares about every little detail, and he calls us by name. 
This takes us back to week one, right? The first week. And we were, we were blessed to hear a message by the original PK, Pastor Ken's. The one. <laughs> that's, that's pretty cool. You're, you're PK from the beginning. But she reminded us of the good news that God so loved the world that he sent his son, right? Not to condemn, but to save. And you guys, if you remember, we watched a little clip of Jesus talking to one of the Pharisees of the time, one of the lead Pharisees, Nicodemus, and he's sitting down with him, right? They're on this rooftop, and, and they're just talking about the kingdom, God's kingdom coming. And he's explaining to, to, to Nicodemus, like, it's not the kingdom that you're thinking of, of, like, rulers here on earth. I've come to bring a different kingdom. And, this, and, he, and then he, he begins to give him insight, right, on, on this kingdom that's going to come, or that, that has already come, right? He's living it out. And that moment, the moment that Jesus sent his son, his, his plan, so this is, his plan was birth. So as we think about the Christmas story, he literally birthed his plan into motion when, when that baby, that first cry, right? It was like, this is the fulfillment of the prophecies. This is my son. This is God. This is in, in a form of a baby. And literally birthed the Savior of the world. So our goal this series was that we would begin to elevate the good news over everything else, everything. And four weeks ago, seems like a long time now that I'm looking back, and I feel like we were in this place at the time as a church, as a, as a city, as a community, where it was like, man, I feel like there's no good news. I feel like we keep getting bad news. We keep getting, like, changed, like, everything we get, we get, like, it's, nothing's good, right? And so God just reminded us, like, I want you to elevate my truth, my word, over everything else. And so that was the heart for this series. And because how many of you know, we could have, like, good people doesn't equal good news. So even when you're around people who are good, it's not, the news isn't always good. Because good news is God news. It's God-inspired. It's the Word of God. And so we got to hang on to that. And it kind of all wraps up, right, this good news. We're going to end it off by talking about Jesus and the Christmas story and his birth. Um, and I just pray. And so that's kind of the recap and I want to pray to invite the Holy Spirit to reveal something about this story to us today, okay? Because a revelation, when we get revelation for ourselves, it hits harder. It kind of carries more weight, right? Versus if I'm here trying to tell you what God has given to me, yeah, maybe something will click. 
But when God gives you a revelation, it's like it sticks with you. It goes with you. And there's this power that that has. Okay, so Holy Spirit is big enough and powerful enough and mighty enough to give us a revelation today of this Christmas story. So let's pray. Father, we thank you because you are here in this place. Holy Spirit, your presence is so evident. And all we want to do this morning is worship you and praise you and exalt you. And we just ask that you would come and you would speak to us, that you would change us, that you would compel us to want to be different and live for you, that we would walk out of here changed, that it wouldn't just be another Christmas service. It would be a moment where we can come and encounter you. So we pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody says, amen. If you agree, I was talking to someone, amen. We're just agreeing. So don't be afraid to shout that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Luke 2, 8 through 10. Let's read this once again. Hopefully we've all had it memorized, right? Because we've read, this is I think the fourth week. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Amen. I, I'm able to reflect on this once again, on the grace that, that God displays to humanity in this, just this simple verse, right? Him coming down. And as I read this passage, um, it's like God decided to share this moment in history, right, with the shepherds. Think about that. Why? Like, we, we just sang about these poor shepherds, right? They're just watching their fields by night, watching the, over their flocks by night. And his glory comes down, right? His almighty glory comes down. Just to shown around and, and, and is all around them. And, and he's, that, that's just his grace. And I began to ask myself, okay, why, why the shepherds? Why not the kings? Why not the wealthy? Why not the rich? And, and it just lines up because, right, God doesn't, everything he does, there's no, it, it, carries, it carries weight. There's a significance, right? It's not just like, he doesn't do, everything has a purpose because he's God. And when you think about a shepherd, their job is to protect and guide their flock. And it says a shepherd wants to guide their flock to get plenty of food and water. And not just any water and not just like any food. Because if they just get, if they just eat whatever food, they'll be malnourished. And the same way, if they go to a body of water that's going too fast, they're going to be scared. So they won't drink it. So the shepherds knew this. But what I, so I began to think about these shepherds and their lives and how they operate. And then God comes, an angel appears to them, and now tell, 
and, and, and reveals this to them. And it's like, yes, these shepherds are going and they went to meet the shepherd, the one that would guide us, that would guide humanity, that would lead us and show us that he's the bread, he's the nourishment that we need. He is all we need all the time. And so it was like, God, you are so good because as you know, each time you, you, you read a verse, it's like the first couple of weeks I read it and I was in, it was, yeah, it was amazing. But just to see like, God, you are so amazing. And, and how you just display your love to humanity is incredible. And so this is good news even for us because it shows us that even when we were just like the shepherds, we're just minding our own business. We're just going about our day. We're just trying to provide for our family, right? That's what they were doing that night. It was probably a warm, a warm night, so they couldn't, they were outside so that they would protect their flock. And out of nowhere, God comes and interrupts their night and says, fear not. And so this is good news because guess what? This morning, there's a reason why, why we're all here. There's a word that God wants to, rev- to speak to us. He wants to show us his glory. And his presence is here. And so we, let's just... And I, I'm, I'm going to continue saying that we would just open our hearts and really, and really begin as we sit here, right, to ask, okay, God, speak to me. Show me your glory. Just give me a revelation of this, this Christmas story because you've probably heard it a hundred times in a hundred different ways. But when God reveals something, it's fresh and it's new and it holds weight. So, Talking about good news, I've had some good news in my day. This, this news wasn't recent, okay? This is actually, it's been about matter exactly, because I have actually a countdown on my phone, so I know exactly how long it's been since I heard this news. And it's been three weeks, I mean three weeks, it's been two years, okay? Five months, three weeks, six days, ten hours, about 24 minutes and 45 seconds on the nine right there. That's how long it's been. And I wrote it down just so I know, except the last two because it was going to change. But this is how long it's, it's been since I found out I was going to be a dad. Okay, so this was, this was some good news for me. And or as, as uh, Everly, if you see her running around, she would call me. I was going to be a daggy. That's how she says it. She says daggy. And that changed my life. That, it, it really did. And I hadn't met her yet. Matter of fact, I didn't even know it was going to be a, it was a girl or a boy. But I was hopeful. And this news brought me great joy. Like, ecstatic and maybe you're in this you can remember when you found out something like that and how joyful it made you and 
Nothing else mattered for the, for the next, like, from that day forward, I was just focused on, okay, I got to be the best. I got to be the best man. I got to be the best father. I got to, I got to be ready because I got to prepare myself. Like, this, this day is coming. And it wasn't here yet. Matter of fact, I, it wasn't even evident. Like, you, I looked at Kenzie, I'm like, you look, you don't look pregnant. <laughs> but we knew that the day would come. Right? And for someone here, and I, for someone here, this is, like, you may, you may hear the Christmas story, and someone may tell you, be hopeful, because it's coming, but you may be sitting there saying, I don't see it. I haven't seen it. But just know that God brings the deliverance. And the day is coming. And you may be laboring, but the day is coming. And whatever you're, hope, you're hoping for, whatever you've been praying for, he sees you, he hears you, he calls you by name. He knows the hairs on your head. So he sees you in this. So if he tells you this morning some good news, if he reminds you of the promises that he's given you, why don't you just hold on to that and find great joy in it? Because just like me, when I found that out, it changed my life. Because I knew it's, it's going to come. This is going to be real someday. I, I held on to that. And so whether you've had children or not, or if this story is in any way relatable to you, um, I probably could have even chose the time that, I, I could have chose a different story. Maybe the time that, like, I said yes to Jesus, right, at church camp, fifth grade, Royal Rangers, right? No, but I just, I wanted to talk about my, my baby girl, and because she's so amazing. And why, and sometimes just, maybe that's for someone. You just need to find joy in, in what God has given you, right? And appreciate that and love on them. And so that's this whole week we've been praying. This is different for me, like doing a series of, of talks on one subject. And it all comes down to this last week, like the, the fourth week. We're gonna, we're, this is the last time we're going to talk about this good news. And the only thing I pray and we pray and we hope for is that you would leave here feeling changed, feeling motivated to, to, be, to be better because of this news, because of something God has given you. And so God loved us. John 3.16, we read it, God loved us so much, he sent his son to come and die for us. 400 years of silence, and then boom, a baby, a child is born. I'll say it again, you may be laboring, but God will bring the deliverance, and he's on his way. So, He's not done with you. He's not done with me. He has something for us. Merry Christmas. Hope you guys have a good week.
I'm just kidding. But for real, <laughs> talking about Christmas, <laughs> so who here gives, is, is there anyone, I, I, I want to really know, is there anyone here who gives a Christmas present with no wrapping paper? Just like, hey, Merry Christmas. I knew it, I knew it. Well, you have, but do you? Was that your, okay, because I'm thinking it's just the guys. And I hope, good thing your wife ain't here. Um, okay, sometimes. So, yeah, like Christmas. I'm talking about a Christmas gift. Like Christmas morning, like you're just like, Merry Christmas. Okay, yeah, that's not good. But I'm with you. Because don't you, I, I was thinking about this. Yes, it's weird if you don't use wrapping paper. But here's, hear me out. Here's an alternative plan, right, for gift giving. So why, why don't we just get your gifts or your gift, like put them in a, you know, get this big blanket. You can even personalize the blanket, right, if you have more than one kid for their favorite thing, whatever. Put all the gifts, wrap them up, and then the morning of, just like set all, you can set them out nicely by the Christmas tree, but these, these gifts in blankets, therefore, we don't have to spend, for one, time wrapping the gifts, finding the tape, cutting your, your thumb because you're just not that good, or finding a box. Come on, how many of you, like, you're, you're trying to finish your last cereal so you can wrap your gift. It's like, there's so much hassle, right? So the alternative is just put it in a blanket. And good thing my wife's taking care of our baby because she's like, you're probably going to do that for me. But no, I know better. But so you don't, you don't like, it would make sense because it's kind of messy, right? Even when you open up your gifts Christmas morning, it's really messy. It takes forever, especially if you're like, like my family is like, okay, one at a time. Let's all watch you. Let's all take a picture. And then after you open it up, you stand up. You walk over to the person who gave you the gift and give them a hug. Oh, thank you. Thank you. But you do that. Yeah, everyone's waiting. Like, come on. So <laughs> it, to me, it doesn't make sense, but I get, it, it's just the way it is. And there's a beauty in that. And <laughs> even though... The process is messy, time-consuming, sometimes doesn't even make sense. It's just, that's just what we do. That's the, that's the way it is. And so, kind, it's kind of how God, in his almighty power, right, he, he could have saved us in a second, but he sent his child. And... Get my, Matthew's gospel paints a clear picture of the birth of Jesus. We read it, right? This, this is Luke, two of the gospels, paint a picture. But Matthew, and we're going to get to that, but we read, and before Christmas dinner, most of us read something like this. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And we read the story, and we, and we marvel at it, and we... And it is beautiful. It's God revealing himself 
to the least of men, born in a major. It's like this story is incredible. It's humbling. But if you're like me, you read that portion, but forget to read the first part. Like, that portion. <laughs> right? Even now, I'm looking at that, and it's like, oh, my goodness. It's daunting. It's, it's scary. It's like, it, I got a headache reading it when I, when I read it. it because some of these names, they really, I mean, some of them are good, but some of them sound like diseases. Like, you cannot. Go ahead and look at one of them. I wish we can. But this is the, this is the genealogy of Jesus. And I won't read them all through them. But how many of you know if, if, if we skip over this, it's kind of like not using wrapping paper, right? This reveals, this tells a story. This list of names reveals something to us. And trust me, go and see these names. This list is messy, this list is not pretty, but this is included in the story as well. And so, it's not needless. These unusual names that sometimes we can't pronounce, they're not, they're, they're not meaningless. There's power in, this, in these lists of names. There's revelations in these lists of names. There's promises fulfilled in these lists of names. And this list of names, it's, it's pulsating with the grace and majesty of who Jesus is, which is the Savior. This is, his, this is the line of, of, of where he's come from. And so, like Paul told Timothy, all Scripture is God-breathed and God-inspired. This as well. So hear me out when I say, we may not want to read this, and we may want to just skim over it, but this list of names hold weight to this Christmas story. This is the, this is the, this is the wrapping paper. This is unwrapping what, what God has, was, was doing and his plan all along. God uses every story, every word, and every person on this list to reveal himself to us. If we skip this list, we wouldn't understand why these blue-collared shepherds, right, were met by this beautiful angelic amphitheater of, of, in, in this glory. And why the, the men, these wise men, traveled so far when they got word that a Savior was to be born. If we, if we skip this list, we won't know why they did that. Why would they just... That those things, to us, we read it, okay, that's the way it is. But in the time, that, that was not... This was miraculous. This was crazy. If you skip this list, we won't you won't really understand why we have this Christmas tree, right? 
unless we understand God's family tree, which is this. And again, I'm not going to read it because <laughs> it's kind of scary. <laughs> but I encourage you, go home and see some of the stories of these, of these people. And so let's unwrap a few of these gifts. Starting with Abraham, the first one, the, the first name on that list. Talking about how God fulfilled the promise that he would that Jesus would descend from him. The Almighty God to a man who had no kids, right? And the situation seemed like you're not gonna have kids, and God's telling him the Savior of the world is gonna descend from your name. At a, so, he, at a point where he wasn't a father, God promised that he would be the father to the one, Jesus. Or how about David? This man broke about 50% of the Ten Commandments. Committing adultery, coveting another man's wife, a liar, a murderer, a thief. But the blameless man of God descended from a man, David, who had a lot to be blamed for. A lot. These two men, they're part of the story. And let's not forget about the ladies, right? In a culture where you wouldn't list a female's name in the list of gene, in, in your list. No, you just wouldn't. Yep, but it was about, but Jesus said, you can't tell the full story unless you, you, you put in that list showing the power of a, of a woman of God. And so he doesn't just mention one or two, right? He mentions five women in that genealogy, five women. The number five is the number of grace, right? I thought that was interesting. I was seeing that. I was like, and that's what grace does. When everyone else wants to exclude you, God includes you. And he says, you can't tell the story without these women. And these women were not, they had some stories. Go read. This is the Bible, but man, they're, he, they're talking about it all. In one in particular, Rahab. And the Bible flat out says this woman was a prostitute. So you know her story. She's the lady of the evening. She's, she's out and about. It's like, but you know the story. In Joshua chapter 2, Joshua sends spies into the land. And somehow they get to Rahab's house. And she hides them and saves them, right? And because of her actions... God decides to redeem her entire family. He redeems her and he redeems her entire family. And this is a story. How scandalous is that? A prostitute to be part of the bloodline of our Savior. It, it even like throws me back when I say it because how holy he is, how holy God is. And... We can go through each one of these names. 
I just picked out a few because they were more familiar to me. But you can go through, through all these names and see a similar story and find how God, in the middle of this messiness of mankind, he reaches down, he reaches down in that human brokenness, and he uses it for good. He uses it for good. To bring him glory. So where's your name? Can you see it up there? What's your story? I ask myself this question. What's my story? What's, where do I fit? Right? What, it's like, if God can use them, he could use you. He can use me. That's the story. That's, that's, that's what gives me hope. That's why I, when I look at a Christmas tree, I'm going to think about that. That I'm part of his family tree. And he's called me a son. He's called me a daughter. And when people decide, when, when everyone has excluded you, when everyone has counted you out, when everyone had says, ha, ha, has said, God doesn't have that for you. Maybe it's even too late. Maybe you should think about something else. We hold on to the promises that God has given us, just like Abraham at the very beginning. How many years, right? 42 generations. But the promise was fulfilled. We got to hang on to the words, the promises God has given us and know that his, his grace is on our lives. He wants to reveal himself and to show his glory through us, just like he did through every single one of these men and women. So we have to stop believing the lies. That's it. It stops, this, it's, it stops right there. God can use it use anybody so if there's one point this whole we talked about all this good news we talked about these last four weeks if there's one thing one thing that you say oh we 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 did kind of a sermon series oh what was it about what did you learn one thing anybody anybody god can use anybody and maybe he's already used you and you feel like you're done there's a lot more in the tank. God wants to use you. There's so much more. Are we willing to go? Are we willing to say yes? Can you just stand with me? We're gonna, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray. We're going to close. And we're just going to enjoy this day and this week because of the good news that Jesus has come. Amen? One thing. That's the only point right there. Stop thinking God can't use you. He wants to use you. And it's just like we as a body, as a church, are we willing to go? And, and to be honest, you know what sometimes it takes? Keep saying yes, because there, there are seasons in life 
where you feel like you may feel you may feel like I'm not doing all that I can do or all that I'm called to do and I feel like I'm not really walking in my purpose and in my calling and there's grace but guess what he's telling you I want to use you and I want you just to continue saying yes to me every morning answer the call and he because God wants to man God wants to do something special here in this city God wants to do something special in your family, in your friendships, right? He wants to reveal his glory and he wants to use you. So despite what you have, think you've done or haven't done or fallen short, God, his grace is sufficient and he is with us. And so this is the good news of Christmas. This is the good news of Christmas. I see a lot, I, I, I look across this room and there, we talk about this a lot. If you're coming to church right now in these days, you wanna come. So I know I can, I, can, I can stand here and look out and say, we have an army. And if we all hold on to that, tru that truth, that God can use my story that God can use me, how powerful would this movement be, right? It's, it, the time is now to say yes to Jesus and what he wants to do and to bring the good news to everyone. So I love you, church. We love you. Christmas is about Jesus. And I just pray, like, if you're someone like me, maybe you don't, uh, like, you're not too fond of, like, Christmas carols and all that. So just remember the story of Jesus. And if that doesn't bring you joy, check your pulse. Because this is good news. So just just get in, the, get in the Christmas spirit. Like, don't be afraid to sit down with your family and read the Bible and, and talk about this stuff. If this, is, if this is reality, if this news has changed us, then it compels us to want to be all about it. So, we love you. I'm so excited for um, where this church is going. We're almost to the end of the, the, the year. But trust me, just, just keep showing up to God. Just keep creating moments where you can hear from Him. Right? If we can just create moments where we can just hear from God, it's amazing the news that would be flooding our, our hearts and minds. Create more moments this week. Maybe one of those moments is sitting down with your family and just reading Luke 2, 8 through 10. Right? So let me just pray for us. And then we'll, we'll, we'll be on our way. Father, we thank you for sending your son. We can't say it enough. We are thankful. We are thankful. We love you so much. We just, we just pray that you would come down. And you would just make a home in our hearts. That you would give us a new joy a new joy in our hearts to be able to 
to share your news and the love that you've displayed on humanity by sending your son. So just we just ask you, walk with us as we go out, go on throughout our week. Protect us as we're with our families and friends. And let this Christmas be different. Let us experience your presence like never before. And we just pray these things in your name. Amen.